Hello and welcome to the Dynamite Podcast. My name's Joe Rybant, and each and every week we'll be here talking about the week ahead, the week that was, and much, much more. Happy Halloween, almost, as I record this the day before, but if you're listening to this after Halloween, we hope you had a good one. As we head into the kickoff of the official 2007 holiday season, we'd like to throw out a special thanks to all our fans and readers. 2008 is shaping up to be a great year, and we couldn't have done it without you. One way to interact with your fellow fans, of course, is over at the Dynamite Message Board at dynamiteentertainment.com slash boards. Head on over there and let us know what you think of our titles, and uh, ask any questions you may have of us there. This week, in stores, of course, on All Hallows' Eve, October 31, 2007, we have Army of Darkness from the Ashes Number 3 by Cahoric, Blanco, and Nunez. Ash continues to explore the Deadite-infested wastes of Detroit as he attempts to wrestle control of the world back from Evil Ash and his Deadite minions. Evil Ash sits atop the remains of Detroit as the Chosen One, that's Ash to his friends, gathers his crew of mutants and misfits in a desperate attempt to remake the world into something slightly less dead and rotting. Will, we, will he be able to wrest control of the Deadite Kingdom from his worst half in time? Featuring another stunning script by James Gohorik, awesome art by Fernando Blanco, and sure-to-be coveted covers by Arthur Sudam, and a vicious variant chase cover by Fabiano Neves. This is destined to be the most talked about AOD series yet. Of course, Ashes from the Ashes number four wraps up that storyline. Story line, then with issue number five, we start the long road back home, and Mr. Gohorik is joined by Mr. Raked. Uh, of course, from our Savage Tales work and uh, as co-writer. And Fernando, of course, will be staying on as artist. Also this week, the new Battlestar Galactica Pegasus one-shot by Jirwa and Lau. A special new Galactica one-shot featuring the unseen story of the Battlestar Pegasus and Commander Kane. Written by Brandon Jirwa, along with new Galactica artist Jonathan Lau, Pegasus tells us the story of the great Battlestar and the events leading up to the Cylon attack on the human colonies as seen in the reimagining of Battlestar Galactica on the Sci-Fi Channel. Also features two incredible covers, one by Greg Ticini and the other a fan-favorite Galactica photo cover. Highly recommend fans of Galactica check this out. Uh, Jerwa's work on Galactica has been praised uh, by such folks at the Comic Waiting Room about Zarek saying, quote, Zarek is an intense personal piece of work and the best work I've seen from Brandon to date, and the fact that he was allowed to give this much background and detail to a character still being seen on Sunday nights is remarkable. If you're a fan of Galactica, this is even more of a must-read than the main book, end quote. That, of course, was about Zarek, but Brandon Jerwa brings the same passion to the Pegasus one-shot here. It's oversized, great work from Lau, a great little backstory on the Pegasus, and, of course, all leading up to that uh, Pegasus movie that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. You can check that out on Sci-Fi. Also this week, Sword of Red Sonia, Doom of the Gods, number two, by Lieberman, Riker, Antonio, and Mirai. This, of course, is a follow-up to last year's Smash Red Sonya vs. Thalsa Doom miniseries. In this issue, Sonya has been infected by Doom's madness as the She-Devil races to confront the self-made god while Doom himself wages war with the old gods. All the action is brought to you by writers Luke Lieberman, Ethan Riker, and artists Louis Antonio and Will Mirai. Doom of the Gods also features three cover artists, one uh, by Paul Renaud, which is at 50%, the other two by Aaron Lepresti, and, of course, Mel Ruby, both at 25%. Next week, November 7th, 2007, in stores, Terminator 2, Infinity Number 4, New Battlestar Galactica, Season 0, Number 3, and Highlander Number 12. Coming soon, we have Mercenaries Number 1, Witchblade Shades of Grey Number 4, The Boys Number 12, Red Sonja 27, Jungle Girl Number 3, The Lone Ranger Number 10, Galactica Origins Number 1, and much, much more. And actually, this week we're working hard to get Shades of Grey, Red Sonja, and Lone Ranger out the door, as well as The Boys and Jungle Girl. And mercenaries. So look for those early to late 
November. Let's see. This week, Ask Dynamite. Every week, or as available, of course, we'll pull a letter and answer it here and in our companion emailer. Please send all letters to letters at dynamiteentertainment.com and do mark them okay to print. We have a letter from Kristen Anderson who says, Hi, I'm a huge fan of your Lone Ranger comic. I really like that you're taking a new look at an old legendary hero. I also plan on reading Zoro when it's released and Superpowers when it comes out. It seems that the Golden Age heroes are something that you guys do good with. One of my favorites is Green Hornet, and I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts on seeing what the availability is. I know that it was created by the same guy that created the Lone Ranger. They are actually family by blood, which makes it even cooler. It runs in the family. I think if done right, Green Hornet would be a huge success, especially if you guys could do it like you did the Lone Ranger. I hope to hear back from you guys, and I'm hoping and praying you could do a Green Hornet comic. Thanks. Well, of course, thanks for the letter, Kristen. And yes, we're well-versed in the relationship between the Reeds. We'd love to take on a classic like the Green Hornet, but right now it's not an option due to various licensing arrangements. Of course, Lone Ranger controlled by one company, Green Hornet controlled by another. Never say never, though, and keep on reading. And now for a little dynamite in the news. This week we're Lone Ranger heavy, all leading up to one of the uh, biggest reviews we've ever actually had. I'll get to that in a moment. But first up, our friends at WizardUniverse.com. Uh, took a look at various Western comics in a feature they did, and they named uh, The Lone Ranger their number one Western-slash-cowboy book, saying, quote, Brett Matthews and Sergio Cariello picked up a dusty old classic and cleaned it up like a fully restored muscle car for Dynamite in 2006, and the series hasn't blinked since. John Cassidy's iconic covers only finesse one of the strongest titles the company has ever produced. Daring to dig deeply enough into the Lone Ranger's character to make him interesting, but delicately enough to keep the classic hero true to his TV and radio heritage, no book on the shelves feels classically Western quite like Lone Ranger. End quote. Thanks, guys. Best Shots at Newsarama took a look at the Lone Ranger number nine, saying, quote, Cavendish goes all Ian McShane. The Ranger makes a couple of serious mistakes, and we are taught once again that Tonto is almost never wrong. This revisionist take has been a solid read, and I think that it's actually getting strong. Sergio Cariello's art is terrific, and writer Brett Matthews has a real feel for the period. Another consistently entertaining read. End quote. Of course, the big news this week is the review at entertainmentweekly.com. I'm not sure if it's going into the print magazine or not, but it is up there up online. They took a look at the Lone Ranger saying, and this one's a long one, so bear with me, quote, there's a rumor going around these Hollywood parts that mucky mucks want to wrestle themselves up a new Lone Ranger movie. Should that happen, they'd be wise to use this Cracker Jack comic book series as their blueprint. Think Batman relocated the Old West right down to a silver mine that serves as a bat cavish HQ. But writer Brett Matthews uses this vigilante to tell a deeper and maybe more hopeful tale of vengeance, fueled heroism than the Dark Knight's restrictive corporate-preserved legend can ever allow. All the iconic bits are neatly and treacly reimagined from the significance of the mask to the risky but effective characterization of sidekick Tonto, presented here as a recovering savage mysteriously alienated from his Indian heritage. Issue number seven kicks off a new storyline that's new reader-friendly and finds the ranger hustling to build up his myth, connecting with his dead brother's widow and son, and intensifying his personal war with Cavendish, a creepy, talks-to-himself tycoon. This is for fans of the nearly defunct genre of Western comics, and better, for those who aren't fans of Western comics. Does it deliver? Epic and emotional, spare yet rich, Lone Ranger is worth its weight in high-o silver. And man, them John Cassidy covers sure are pretty. They gave it an A-. End quote. Thank you, guys. Our friend Mark Mason over at the Comics Waiting Room got his hands on Borderline Volume 2, saying, quote, The back cover of this book has a large pull quote from my review of Volume 1. And as Dynamite is a company with integrity, those words are taken completely in context, and I can stand by them. 
However, I did have my doubts that later volumes would match how good the first was. To my surprise, I enjoyed Volume 2 much, much more than I liked Volume 1. And that should tell you something right there. Borderline is comics for grown-ups in the best possible way. Smart, edgy material for the reader who is truly mature. Thank you, Mark. All right, it looks like I'm not the only one watching Fall TV, because after my plea last week, Mike Dean, our own Mad Mikey D from the Dynamite Message Boards and other message boards, great champion of Dynamite, thanks, Mike, uh, he sent me a list of what he's enjoying on the fall season. Let's run through this real quick. He is uh, watching Journeyman, saying, This show is pretty good, but I have a hard time watching it because it makes me miss Quantum Leap too much. He's also watching Big Bang, which is a show I actually haven't heard of. I need a little bit more information on this one because he says, I enjoy all the comic geek jokes, but aside from that, I don't find the show very interesting. Well, I'm still curious about the comic geek jokes, so I might have to check that out. Uh, Mike is also watching The Bionic Woman, saying, Initially, I had no interest in this remake, but for some reason, I ended up watching it anyway. Now, I still have no interest in it, but I've napped through every episode. Mike is also checking on Life. Uh, this is a show I actually like. The only new show I actually try to catch every week, although I have overslept through Bionic Woman and missed parts of one or two episodes. I'd record it to watch later, but when I do that, I never actually get around to watching things. Well, you gotta you got to keep on that stick, Mike, because you know, if you record it and you like it, you want to check it out. Um, he also says, aside from those, he's enjoying the new season of CSI Miami, the only CSI show he's currently watching regularly, and House. I don't watch either one of those shows, but good luck to you. Otherwise, I'm just watching for new episodes of my favorite current TV series, Psych. I can't comment on Heroes, my favorite show from last season, because I now have about ten episodes to catch up on. See what I get around. See what I mean about never getting around to watching something I record. End quote. You got to keep on that TiVo, Mike. It's like it's a it's like a second job. I have Netflix and TiVo, and it's like having Two hobbies that really don't pay off in any way other than sitting and watching mindless things, but uh, they're both like having second jobs, trying to keep up with movies coming in and out and TV shows recording and not recording. Um, I've never seen an episode of Heroes. You know, Feel free to send me your hate mail. Though I do have the first DVD set to check out, and I've heard good things about life. Actually, uh, uh, Juan Collado in our office uh, is a big proponent of that show, but I still haven't actually checked it out, though I need to. The actor who is in that show, I believe, um, was in Band of Brothers, and he was fantastic in that show. I am still watching The Bionic Woman, but I need it to expose a larger story-slash-plot to keep full interest. Otherwise, it's just Villain of the Week stuff right now. Now, Reaper is back in good graces. I'm really looking forward to this week's episode, because as Patton Oswalt, he's fantastic. Uh, that renewed my interest immediately, and I did also read that the bigger plot is coming into focus. Um, this week does wrap up, uh, actually on Halloween Eve, wraps up the Who Wants to Be the Next Elvira? Go Jenny. Uh, this week also has the new, uh, new episode of Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi. It's a live ghost hunt, and if you've never checked out the show, you should check it out this week. Uh, cool stuff that they do on, on Halloween. And this last week's Razor Rep, I don't know if it was the one on, it was the current one online, I think it was episode four, was a nice change of pace, some cool action. Uh, but the FX on that old school Cylon left a little to be desired. Uh, remember how cool those things used to look? I know there were guys in suits, but uh, the CGI really did not do them any justice. So that's the look at Fall TV. I'm going to wind this segment down most likely, unless anyone wants to keep on writing in and hear their name uh, in the podcast as well as what they're watching. Feel free to send me anything to letters at dynamiteentertainment.com. And do a dynamite tease of the week, and actually, I'm going to let you in on this tease of the week. You can go over to newsarama.com and check out the uh, teaser pages and panels 
from Steven Sadowski and Doug Klaba's uh, art chores of Superpowers Number Zero. That's right. There are black and white images up from Superpowers Number Zero over at Newsarama. The thread's now at two pages. Everybody's loving the stuff, i got to say. Uh, big fan of Sadowski's work. Doug was new to us. Big fan of his work now as well. And Superpowers Number Zero is going to be a beautiful-looking book and a beautiful-looking package. The other tease that I'll reveal here is that Superpowers Zero through Six comprise the first story arc, but there will be more Superpowers after that. It was actually on the phone with Alex yesterday discussing what he and Jim have cooked up for the next storyline of Superpowers. And Zero through Six will also contain... Each issue will contain bonus material from Alex Ross, from his sketchbook, character designs, color guides, behind-the-scenes stuff, all sorts of stuff are going to be thrown into every issue. So you're going to have plenty of Alex Ross in the book, and we hope that everyone likes it and checks it out. And that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening. Email us and tell us what you think. We can be reached online at dynamiteentertainment.com, and I can be reached at submissions at dynamiteentertainment.com or letters at dynamiteentertainment.com. To find a comic shop near you, visit csls.diamondcomics.com or call 1-888-COMIC-BOOK.